this is what I know right now about the situation that we're in, and this is what we're going to do. Things may change over time. It's a fluid situation. And as soon as I know, you will know. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome to the show. Excited today for our guest. I want to introduce you to Glenn Parker, a best-selling author with over 40 years of experience, an internationally recognized consultant with some of the world's leading organizations in team building and organizational development. Certainly two topics that are close to our hearts here on Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to uh, our conversation. Well, I am too, Glenn. Uh, Glenn has just released a book that he wrote called Positive Influence, The Leader Who Helps People Become Their Best Self. And uh, I was telling Glenn before we uh, got on air here that I just resonate so much, particularly with that subtitle, and that so much of my leadership has, has been, I hope, focused that way, and it's been what's motivated me, and certainly saw myself in the pages. So I am quite confident today you are going to get some practical tools that you can use to improve your own positive influence and maybe learn a little bit more about how to lead in some, uh, some difficult or challenging times as well, like, like those happening while we're recording. So Glenn, before we dive into the book, I want to ask you a question that I ask every guest, and that is, if you can go back to your earliest memory of yourself as a leader, what would that be? Well, I think it was when I was very young, actually, when I, when I w- was in summer camp, and I loved sports, played a lot of sports, and the last week of summer is something called color war. And color war is when the entire camp is divided into two teams and they play each other based on a team color. So you were the gray team or the green team. And I had the opportunity to be the, the captain of one of those teams when I was, would have been 15 years old. And so I had not only to play the sports that, I, you know, I also motivate the people, uh, the young people on our team. So I, I would be constantly talking to them, encouraging them, supporting them. You can do it. We're with you. And we would always come down. So that was, uh, I, I, I love that whole experience. I stayed on because I loved, you know, working with, uh, with young people. And I stayed on and became a counselor. And then and then that the year, those years when I had, was a counselor, one of those years, well, of course, we always had color war. And of course, I was the senior leader of the team. And uh, so I, I loved that whole experience of working with types of people. So that was my first memory of it. And, um, and I, I loved it. And I'm still uh, close with many people that um, I share that experience with today. We, we often talk. We and it's a great time and a great memory. And so um, I loved it and then went on to take other leadership positions, both in work and also in community. I can see where at a very young age, helping people become the best version of themselves was, has been a part of your DNA. I mean, it's something that you enjoyed even as a young person. And 
I, I'm picturing you as general. Like, do you get a tie-dye shirt that's like all the colors, you know? If not, someone needs to give you like, you know, general tie-dye or something. I think that Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Of course, of course, so, yeah. Talk to us about the book, uh, Glenn. Why did you write Positive Influence? Well, uh, I hadn't planned to write a book. I hadn't written a book in, in quite a while, you know, quite frankly. Um, but I had an experience that um, was really impacted me. A man that I was quite close with passed away. And I was invited to the memorial. Now, Bill was started out as a client. I, I worked for him for, for many, many years. And then it morphed into a friendship. You know, we worked together, we became friends. I got to know his family. He got to know my family. I was getting, getting ready to um, go to the memorial and thinking about my relationship with him. And I started to think about the impact that he had on me. He was a positive influence. I came in as the team building consultant to establish, he wanted to establish a team-based organization. And I did that. And then a couple of years later, he said, um, you know, a lot of my people have uh, customer contact either directly in the field or uh, on the phone. And I want to do training on customer service skills. I said, well, it's really not my area. I don't know that much about it, but, you know, I'll find some one for you. He said, you learn. That's all he said. He said, you'll learn. And I did. And I did customer service. And he, I realized later what he, he, was, he wanted me to do it because I knew the organization. He knew that I would tailor whatever I did to mm -hmm. his organization. And then later it was business ethics. I said, well, I don't really know anything about that. And he said, you'll learn. I said, okay. So this is the kind of man he was. Leaders are not always the most charismatic person in the room. They often do things, often small things that are very impactful. So he saw something in me again that I really initially didn't see in myself. And so I thought about that. I said, you know, I bet I, I can't be the only person that's had experience like this. So I came home from this memorial and thought, gee, there's a book there. And um, I would really like to write it. I can't be the only person with this having had this kind of experience. So I call the one person that I respect the most, and uh, that would be my son, Michael. And I said to him, here's what I'm thinking about doing. I want to write a book about positive influence and how they impact, how that impacts leadership. And he said, Dad, I'd, I'd read that book. And I said, well, how'd you like to write the book with me? He said, I would love it. And that's you know, kind of how we got started on this journey. So uh, it's, been, it's been phenomenal, obviously, working with him. Um, and then we decided that we would uh, interview people, find out about their experiences, and grow the book based on the results that we heard um, from those interviews. We started out looking for a profile of a positive influence leader. What, what does a positive influence leader do? The specific behaviors are... Uh, actions. And as we got into it, we realized that there's lots of ways you can be a positive influence leader, all of them helpful, but different. And so eventually we came to this idea of four different types or four different styles of positive influence leaders, 
again, all having different ways and different things that they did that were positive, could be and were positive for people, but different. So that's, uh, that's what we did. So we were sort of a bottoms up approach in which we looked at the data and the data told us this is where, this is where it goes and this is where we should, we should, we should go. Yeah, so well, that's, hey, that's a strong way to do it, right? To let the data tell you what reality is rather than trying to form a model and fit reality into it. I'm curious, uh, having written several books with my wife, Karen, that process of writing with a loved one. I had a, a friend who's an author uh, one time tell me, you know, it's pretty much if you're if you write, you co-author with someone, you're either after the end of that process, you're either going to love them or despise them. And it sounds like you still love your son. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I still, I still love my son. We were very close before this experience. Uh, we share a lot of interest in, you know, in sports, uh, and you'll see a number of the. There's some sports examples uh, in the book of people who benefited from a positive influence in, in their lives. Uh, we particularly are big basketball fans. So, you know, we've gone to games since he was very little and he played basketball. And, um, and so we still go, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, we, cause we just, that's who we are. We went up to the basketball hall of fame in Springfield, Massachusetts to, for the induction ceremony of one of the players that we followed a lot. So we do a lot together. He lives relatively close in New Jersey. So we visit a lot and visit his family. It's maybe even be strong and maybe it's stronger now as a result of that, because I think we each re realize we bring something different, but positive to this experience. And um, so we've learned from each other, I think in the process as well. So beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want to hear more about the, the four types of positive influence leaders, because I think there's a wealth there for people who are trying to find their own path to be as effective as they can. But before we do that, I want to answer a question that I know somebody is listening right now saying, all right, listen, I got, I got a job to do. I have results to achieve. I've got to get my team to perform. What is all of this about being a positive influence and helping people be the best version of themselves? I mean, that's not what I'm getting paid for. If someone is listening and feeling or thinking that, how would you respond to them? How would you, what would you have to say? Well, I, I think all of us, we, all of us, and, and the best leaders are always looking at self-improvement, self-development, trying to be better at what they're doing, trying to be, especially during this time of the crisis, how do you lead during this time? It's, it's an uncharted territory for all of us. And, and how do we be an effective leader? How do we have a positive influence on people in our organization? Because they're going through some very challenging times. It's a different way of working. Um, not only are you perhaps working from home, um, but your spouse is working from home. Your children are trying to learn at home. There's a lot of dynamics that are going on here. And so there's a lot to being a, a, being a leader during these times and being positive, being a positive influence. 
it's, it's not just being positive all the time. That's not what we're trying to say here. We're trying to say a person who is an influence on other people, making them better, helping them to be better, as in the example that, um, that I gave you with Bill, helping uh, people in your organization be better. And there's very specific things in the book that will help you be better. There's very specific tips that you can use and follow. There's a survey in the back of the book that will tell you what type of survey you are, not how good you are necessarily, but what type you are. And if you choose to get better, to be perhaps more well-rounded, you can learn how to do that. Because some of us say, well, our, our primary way of dealing with people is this. But what we say is if you want to be a great leader, you want to be the most effective leader, you want to be what we call a transformational leader. So yes, it's as a practical aspect. And I think, you know, the bottom line, one of Karen's favorite sayings is that uh, great leaders don't have bad or weak teams. Great leaders don't have weak teams. And if you're investing in people, you're building your team, you're building their ability to be their best self, which means everybody's productivity improves. They're achieving better results. Like, you know, this is for every once in a while, you know, you get those questions like, come on. So this is not a, what I would, you know, when people want things into soft skills, this is driving bottom line results for your organization, your team, as you invest in people and help them become their best self. And so for, if you're ever, you know, talking to listeners, if you're ever, feeling like oh, that's not what I'm getting paid for. It really is. It may not be what's on your job description, but it's on every leader's job description. Right. And so Glenn, I'd like to, to ask you to tell us in brief, and we want people to read the book, obviously, but the four types of, of positive influence leaders, because I know for myself, uh, early in my career, I wanted to be a motivational leader. And so I would watch, you were talking about sports, you know, I would watch sports shows and, and dramas on TV and, and different things and think that's what motivation looked like. So very early in my adult leadership life, I tried to be what I thought was motivational, rah, rah, pump you up. And it did not work. It was so inauthentic to who I was. It was a mess. And yeah, yeah. there are, there are good ways to do it, but the, the insight for me at that age was that there are other ways and I had to decide, I didn't have your book. I had to just discover it on my own. So talk to us about these different ways of being a positive. Right. And, and one of the things that um, we feel really good about it is that we use the stories from the interviews to highlight what, what a leader does because people talked about, this is what we asked them. You ever have a positive influence in your life? What did they do? We came up with four different types or four different styles, supportive, the teacher, the motivating leader, and the role model. Supportive leader is that person who says, I'm with you. I got your back. I'm here for you. For example, Betsy, a woman that we interviewed for the book, a woman of a certain age who when she went to college, she, she wanted to major in theater. And being a woman, she said, I thought what was open to me was writing, directing, and acting. But in the course, the curriculum required that I take a course in technical theater. So I'm in the class, <laughs> I'm in the class, and she, Jim, who was her instructor, said, Betsy, I want you to go up 
on that ladder and string lights across the top of the stage. And she said to me, Glenn, I grew up in an apartment with my family. We never even had a ladder in the house. So, <laughs> but Jim said, Betsy, you can do this. You can do this. I'm here for you. I'll hold the ladder. She, you know, you know how high a ladder would be to string lights on the top of a stage, just sort of visualize that for a moment. She went up, she did it, and she said, you know what happened after that? <laughs> she said, I learned how to use power tools. I built sets. I did sound systems. I, I ended up working in technical theater. And it was, you know, she said it, it wasn't easy because there were still men out there that did not want uh, a woman working on sets and working on sound systems, but she did it. But she points to this man early on in her life who supported her and believed that she could do it. Um, the teacher leader is that person that teaches you what you need to know in order to be successful. Skills and experience, knowledge, yes, but also how to be, how to be a successful person, how to do things the right way. And there is a right way of doing things. We interviewed a woman who was a teacher, Leslie, her name is, and who not only taught her classroom techniques, it motivated her to want to be a great teacher because she ended up being a teacher of the year in New York City. Mm. You got any idea of how many teachers there are in New York City? Probably about 10,000. And they picked uh, 18 teachers to be teacher of the year a couple of years ago when she was with them. So the teacher teaches you what you need to know. The motivating, and this is uh, to you, David, the motivating positive influence leader is a person that sees something in you that very often you see in yourself. My very first job out of grad school in my very first performance evaluation meeting, I remember it like it was today because it had such meaning for me. Um, you get to that point, and, and, and Larry, my boss, had done a good job, and he said, yeah, I have to tell you, David, that my job invited involved doing research and writing reports, so it was fairly boring, okay? So, but I saw the people across the hall, they were doing leadership training, and they would come back after these trips and talk about what happened, and they were all these travel stories that they, they seemed to be having all the fun, and there's, you know, little nerdy Glenn, you know, writing reports. I said to Larry, I think I might like to leadership training, but I'd like to do is observe a class. So he said to me, Glenn, as a matter of fact, I'm going down south um, next week to conduct two classes. Why don't you come with me? He said, but you know, I can't justify your travel expenses unless you teach something. You know, so my lips start to quiver. <laughs> I don't, Larry, I don't know anything. How could I teach something? He said, don't worry about it. We'll figure something out. And he did. And I taught two hours, not the whole class, two hours on the second day. And I went, okay, this, this is where I am. This is where I need to be. This is my true north. And that's what motivating leaders do. And by the way, Larry, Bill, nobody would confuse them with Tony Robbins. They, 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 not in any way. But they saw something. They saw something and they acted on it. The other thing, Dave, I just want to finish, is that he put me in a position to be successful. And that's what great leaders do. 
Oh, it's just, it's such an important distinction. I, I think, so the motivator sees something in people that they don't see themselves, draws it out and puts them in a position where they can be successful with those things uh, and then experience that awareness for themselves as well. Correct. Exactly. So the, the role model is just what you think of a role model. There's somebody that you look to and say, okay, that's the right way to do it. You look and you see that's the model of how to be a leader, how to be an engineer, how to be a coach, how to be an effective uh, member of a team. They model the appropriate behavior. And role models come in a variety of forms. Sometimes people are a role model for people they've never met. I mean, quite frankly, and you, you've heard many stories about Michael Jordan, for example, maybe the greatest basketball player of all time. He was a role model to a generation of players who talked about him. Now, from role models, you can try to emulate exactly how they do, or you can extract certain things that they do that fit with your personality type and your abilities. So the really smart ones looked at Michael Jordan and didn't say, I'm going to copy his jump shot. No, what they did is they copied his work ethic. They copied his ethic of arriving early at practice and staying late, of shooting a thousand foul shots until he could get over 90% of them in. That work ethic. And, you know, Oprah Winfrey is a kind of a role model to a generation of people. Um, many other people have had that, but also people we experienced and people we interviewed, they had role models at work. I watched, you know, my first boss, and I realized that one of the things about being a role model, David, is they walk the talk. Their words are aligned, their, their, their actions are aligned with their words. And because people are watching, people watch what you do, and they want to see that consistency. Those are the four types. Transformational leader is that somebody who is situational. Situational, it says, let me look at the situation, look at this person, see what they need at the moment and do it. Be supportive or be a teacher or be a motivator. They, they are able to see what is needed and do it in the moment. And that's what we call transformational. So we hope that people will, from this experience, realize maybe I need to be more of a teacher, teach people, share my experience with them, and to be a more well-rounded, to use a trite phrase, um, type of leader. Whether we use the, the well-rounded or if we think about them as tools in your tool belt or Right. ambidextrous or, or what have you, you know, pick your metaphor. But the idea, uh, I want to make sure we hone in on this is that we naturally, and you called me out, Glenn, I definitely, if I had to take the survey, teacher is the number one for me uh, going way back. Over time, I've learned to hold the, I was thinking about that analogy, I've learned to hold the ladder, right? To be <laughs> that support that somebody needs. It. You know, teaching comes naturally. Um, the the role modeling comes very naturally. Those those two happen. The motivating leader for me is something again over time to learn to see see that in people and 
call that greatness out of them when they might not and give them those opportunities. So that and supportive are both things I have, I've had to grow into. And there's a process to that. And, and one of the things that you help people do in the book is learn how to tap into those that might not come as naturally right. in, in practical ways. And so you just gave us a number of different examples like that. You wrote a chapter um, about times of crisis, right. um, being the positive influence leader in times of crisis. So as you're thinking about supportive teaching, motivating, role modeling now, and you know, and just being out and talking with so many different clients and organizations, we've got people who, yes, have the whole work from home thing going. We've got people who are, everybody is on site and in protective gear and working twice as hard as normal. And and we've got people who are not working at all, right? We've got a whole wide variety of intense realities that this has caused for everyone. Right. So talk to us about the, the recommendations for being a positive leader in these times of crisis. We talk about five different uh, sort of imperatives for the positive influence leader in a time of crisis. First is be open and authentic, open and authentic, which means don't try to deny, deceive, deflect. Don't try to manage the crisis. You know, the, that, that field we used to call crisis management. No, no, time, this is a time for leadership and to be open. To say, look, this is what I know right now about the situation that we're in, and this is what we're going to do. But things may change over time. It's a fluid situation. And as soon as I know, you will know. So we take, for example, uh, Chuck Robbins, who's the CEO of Cisco. Early on, now he, of course, had the advantage of having WebEx and having a great system to communicate with his people. This is what we know. He brought on experts to talk about it. Um, and, he, and he said, I'm going to be open. This is what I know. Things may change. As soon as I know, you will know. Secondly, is to be clear and specific. Information is really important during this time. This is what I know. These are the, these are the facts of the situation. And to communicate the things as you know them now. In our, in our world, Dr. Fauci is the example of a clear and specific positive influence leader because these are very technical, but scientific issues, often very arcane and complex medical issues that are not easy for the rest of us to understand. And the really effective teacher, and that's, that's what Dr. Fauci is, he teaches us what we need to know in order to be safe and healthy. And that's an important role during this time because it can be very confusing. Uh, and listen and respond and listen some more and say, okay, look, I'm hearing you because people are, and you alluded to this, there's, it's a different way, it's a different time, it's a different way of working. So some people are struggling with working at home. It's not so easy. The technology initially was a little shaky with people and had, we had to get that working. I had to, so I have to listen to hear what's going on with you. And so as a result, we're, we may change things as we go forward. I, I, I need to know how this is. 
people are missing sometimes the colleagueship and the teamwork and the collaboration that happens sometimes serendipitously at, at work. Um, I want to know, I want to listen, I want to know, I want to know what's going on. You know, so that's extremely important. Back to walk the talk. It's very important during this time that we do what we say. We, let, let, let me take an example from a couple of years ago. But by the way, because crises very often are not as, organizations have crises all the time. They have product recalls. They have uh, internet security issues. They have sexual harassment complaints. There's lots of, um, to go back of just a couple of years, the incident in Starbucks, in a Starbucks store in Philadelphia, where um, three African-American men were not served, but they were asked to leave and arrested by the store, by the store manager called the police. A horrible situation for Starbucks. The CEO um, said, wait a second, this is not right. This is not who we are. Our values say that this is a warm and welcoming place where people are encouraged to come and to gather. And he said, uh, this is not going to change. First of all, he personally called all those, those three African-American men. He fired the store manager. Two weeks later, all Starbucks stores closed for two hours in an afternoon for unconscious bias training. So he acted um, in accordance with their words. This is who we are, and this is how we act in accordance with those words. And, and this is the last thing. This is the fifth uh, imperative that we talk about, conduct an after-action review. So we want to look at what did we do? How did it work out? What worked? What didn't work? What are some things that we did during this time that were pretty successful? And maybe we could incorporate in our workplace going forward. Um, were you more productive during this time? Uh, what about collaboration? So doing a review, much like you and I have done, uh, we call them project reviews at the end of a project. How did it go? What did we learn? You know, one of the things that you know, effective, positive influence leaders are always asking is, what'd you learn? And that could be not necessarily the entire company. It could be your division, your department, your business unit. What did we learn? How did we, and what can we do differently or better next time? And so that's probably maybe the most important thing of, of all. Uh, so that uh, we're better prepared for next time. Wow, Glenn, thank you so much. That is rich. And I hope if you're listening that uh, you had a pencil or a keyboard nearby because you just got a crash course in leading through adversity, change, and uh, uncertain circumstances and crisis. So those five steps are so vital. And, you know, and it, it strikes me that even if it's not what we would consider crisis, many of those are just plain, powerful, strong ways to lead that are equipping your team and, and being a positive influence in terms of creating the structure and safety they need to perform at their best. And so uh, uh, that's definitely worth, hit that rewind, go back a couple of minutes and re-listen to those and take notes. That's, I know I'll be doing that myself. So Glenn, as people are listening to you talk about the four types that, you know, okay, gosh, I can see I'm supportive and, 
and I teach, but I, I need to be a better role model or motivate. You know, they're, they're finding themselves in there somewhere. They're listening to how to lead through crisis. And, and there's now 15 different thoughts going through their head. So if someone is truly invested and wanting to be a more positive influence, do a better job of investing in people and helping them become the best version of themselves, where do you recommend they start? Okay, that, that's, the, that's the so what question. So this is all very interesting, Glenn. I like the stories, you know, the four styles are kind of interesting. What, what do I do with this? How do I make this real? How do I use this? And, you know, I've always been a practitioner. I've always written for practitioners. I've um, not for just study, oh, isn't that interesting? But what we call, and that's what we call these interviews, we call them action research. We do research in order to take action. So starting very basic level, at the end of every chapter, there, there are review questions. And so we, we did, that, did that for one reason, which is we wanted the reader to slow down a bit before they run to the next chapter and reflect a little bit on what they just read and how they might integrate that. Because we might say to them at the end of the chapter, who's your role model? And what, what did you learn from that role model? What we believe psychological types and all of us have the capability to be all of these types we just happen to use one more than the other that's what we call it your preference or your primary style but all of us can and do use the strengths of all four styles so when you fill it out you get your score then there's a process that we take you through with a series of steps questions that you answer and you get to the point of what can I do to be a more effective leader? That is in the back of the book. So it would be a lot easier to use in an educational setting. There'll be a second booklet. So you, everybody knows what a 360 version is. You give it out to colleagues, members of your team, um, people in the organization that you work with, people above you, below you, suppliers, and you get their feedback, their perception of what you, uh, how they see you as a leader, but they also put in what things that you can do to be a more effective positive influence leader. So you take that, the, those two things together and come up with a plan for being a more effective positive influence leader. There's a third booklet, which is a guide for you, David, me, others who facilitate and lead, take this idea and run with it and use it to become first and foremost a more effective leader and then to have a more effective organization that's composed of positive influence leaders. All right. So to recap, start with the self-assessment at the back of the book. Then from there, you have an opportunity. There's a 360 available and there's going to be team and organization versions as well. Is that correct? Right. Great. Yes. And so I, you know, just that process of starting with self-awareness of grounding yourself in, okay, what is my primary? What's my go-to style? And then from there, how can I expand and, and pick one of the others and start using some of those tools that you make available? Well, Glenn, thank you so much for sharing those with us. It's my hope that, every leader really 
it's a conscious choice I think you got to make to to decide I'm going to invest in my people. That part of my goal here and what success looks like for my leadership, regardless of my industry, regardless of the results I'm trying to achieve, is that when I leave this team or the team moves on and leaves me, that they are better off as human beings, they're more successful, they're more they're better versions of themselves, and they've grown closer to whoever they're supposed to be as a result of being a part of this team and, and hopefully as a result of, of our leadership. And so I, that is my hope for you as you're listening today and that you can take to heart what Glenn has offered as some practical tools to be able to help you accomplish that. So Glenn, thank you once again for being a part of the show today and for sharing that wisdom. And uh, yes, the stories, because we, you know, we all learned through the stories, but the practical tools as well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, I just want to point out that um, if you want more information um, about, uh, the, uh, about the book, about the surveys, uh, there's stories. And by the way, those, those uh, five tools for uh, leading in a crisis, um, available on the website for the book, it's uh, www.thepositiveinfluenceleader.com positiveinfluenceleader.com. And of course, the book is available on Amazon. I will send you a signed copy of the book if you agree to buy a copy of the book on Amazon and gift your copy to someone else. So this is, this is a practical example of paying it forward. So I will send you a copy and what I, since <laughs> we don't have thousands of copies, because I know there's thousands of people listening today, the first three people that send an email uh, to me at Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at thepositiveinfluenceleader.com, um, I, I will send you a signed copy of the book. I'd also would welcome your stories if you want to using that same address, Glenn at the positive some story that you would like to share with me, because we're collecting more stories uh, and we're going to put that on the website of, as, as well of positive influence stories that uh, you want to share with us. I would welcome that because I love hearing about those kind of things. So David, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with you and to um, talk with your, your, your listeners. I hope that everyone listening, get on Amazon, take advantage of that. I know it's the first three, but this is a book that's worth getting two copies, one for yourself and giving one or more to friends and colleagues and leaders that you care about. Take the journey to be that positive influence leader to help other people become the best version of themselves and be the leader you want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.